Vicki Pitcher. I am your direct sales expert and the host of Vicki Pitch Live, A Fresh Perspective. I have an amazing guest on tonight. If you guys have been watching the show cards, you know that we've been rocking a little bit of humor and a little bit of fun with, again, I have botched her name up so many times this week. Some of you already know because you've been laughing at me because I keep saying, oh my gosh, she's going to shoot me when I'm there. So let me just take a breath really quick. Kathy, yeah. quote, guest. I think I got it right, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to bring her on and I'm going to introduce her to you as soon as you can see her cute little face. This is Miss Kathy Clotes Guest. Kathy, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Vicki. And you got it right. So yes. Thank goodness. Because I tell you, I have watched it so many times this week telling people, oh my gosh, my guest is coming on. (laughs) And I've called you clots and clits and clotes and fonts. And I don't know what else I called you, but I am super glad that you're here. (laughs) No, I'm happy to be here. Don't worry about it. I've heard every derivation (laughs) and Half of that is just from family. So it's all, it's all good. I'm going to yes and you no matter what you say. So it's I, all good. I love it. Well, I'm going to do an official. I'm going to actually read this because I loved her bio. Um, she is an MA and MBA. She's a speaker, an author, a comic performer, founder of Keeping It Human. Her mission is to help companies kill jargon monoxide, which I totally love, and boring marketing, and to create yes and brand cultures through applied improv. She's the author of Stop Boring Me. How to create kick butt marketing content products and ideas through the power of improv. You guys know I'm a G-rated girl, so I substituted my own word in there, but you guys will see the the um, the title <laughs> later on. And uh, her work's been published in many fancy places, including Convince and Convert, Marketing Props, Huff- Huffington Post, and her eight-year-old thinks she's hilarious, but that window is closing soon. So here you go, Kathy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This is a, it's an honor and a treat. I was so excited to have met you at social media marketing world. I mean, that just makes everything, you know, so much fun when you actually have gotten to meet someone in person. Absolutely. That was a good time. That was a great conference and so many great people. And, you know, you have just energy about you and it was just, it was just a good time. Aww. Yeah. Well, thank you. I thank you for the kind words. And there certainly were some amazing people there. And speaking oh. of amazing people, I see Jeff Stipe in the house, Jenny Jones, Matthew Vick, DJ Loreno, Lisa Shell, Marsha Hishborn. You guys, again, what a, what a great group of people. Holy if you guys, holy. I know, right? If you guys wouldn't mind doing me a favor and sharing that out. And Marsha's saying, Hey, Kathy, um, Tim McVeigh's in the house. Stacey Lynn Harp, of course, is here. Uh, you guys, thanks for sharing it out. We really do appreciate, uh, you guys getting that message out. And for those of you guys who have downloaded the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, we really appreciate you being here. And I hope that you'll take the time at some point to go check out. This is episode 34 of Vicky Fitch Live, a fresh perspective. You can see it on uh, YouTube. You'll be able to see it on vickyfitch.com. They, we have, we try and put it all over the place. Plus, of course, here at Facebook at facebook.com slash Vicky Fitch one. So please check it out again. You get, you'll get to see some of the behind the scenes stuff and, uh, it'll be fun. So, okay. So let's dive in. I usually, um, you know, I usually kind of have some icebreaker and I figure as a comedian, mm-hmm. you can totally take this one. I just want to know your most embarrassing moment. Cause let's face it as a comedian, it could be good. It could be bad. Like what, what happened? Tell us about one of your most embarrassing moments. Oh my gosh. I think when I was first, yeah, when I was first starting out, when I was first, gosh, when I, I, so I grabbed a book called the comedy Bible by Judy Carter right after college. And I started hitting the open mic night circuit, like at 21 years old. And I think one of the uh, most embarrassing moments was um, 
I was doing humor. You should, you know, I really believe in this. And now, now, you know, fast forward 20 years, I'm totally solid on this. But when I first started out, I was like doing all this female humor. And I was in a comedy club full of men. Could not relate one iota to what <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know what it's like when this happens and you're a woman and all the guys are like, no, we really don't. Oh, and it's like this complete culture clash, which actually that in itself was very funny. But at that time, you know, I, I didn't know how to sort of do what we call audience work, which is to switch gears, dish the sure. script. It's yeah. your set list and just talk to the audience. Hey, what, right. how's it going? Hey, what brought you here? Hey, how's right. it going? And I didn't know how to do that. I was 21. And my God, I mean, the audience, like, and then I started talking about like female stuff and like the men in the audience, like sheer white. <laughs> because oh. like no guy wants to talk about woman stuff. Right. It's like you could see the men in the front row going, uh, is it rude if I get up and, and, and leave or go to the back of the club? I mean, it was just hysterical. So, you know, but it's, it's all good because looking back on it now, I can, I can, I was mortified then, but I can, I can laugh at it. And I go, you know what? That was the beginning of many just learning experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's, I really think that's one of the things that people becomes really relatable to people is because we all have embarrassing moments. We all have things that aren't going quite right or, you know, and it is a skill that's learned. I know, um, I, I remembered speaking at an event once and on the topic, you know how we're issued topics sometimes. This is what we're, this is what we're bringing home. And you're, you, you completely losing everyone there when you're trying to stick with their topic, no matter how much humor or how much and I just ditch yes. it and say hey let's talk what you know let's get let let me find out what's going yes. on with you you look a little discouraged let's come on up here let's talk about it and you know that's like you said you have to be able to be flexible and that's where you know a little bit of its own improv right you're improvising at that moment and and so you have to change courses and you have to switch gears so you can actually create traction and I think that's what you're doing with your book is that you're switching gears and creating traction by using a different method would you say that that's true? And we're going to talk about what the book's name and all that stuff yeah. is in just a second. I think that's completely true. You know, I look at, you know, a plan. The plan is a roadmap. It's not a fiance. So you can like it, but don't marry it. And I think we all need to have a roadmap, but we all need to be flexible today to be able to drop the script and say, you know what, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And when I kind of think back to my 21-year-old self, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And now, if fast forward 27 years, you realize, oh, yeah, you should plan. But improv is so much about having a plan knowing when in that moment it's not working and we have to kind of put that aside and say, you know what, we've got to interact with our audience and co-create something special right. and really put the plan aside and deal with what the reality is in the moment. And that's such a beautiful thing to give to your audience. Right. And you know what? I completely agree. And I see that Stacy DiPolo is in the house and she's saying hey to both of us. You know, it's so great to see her there too. Barb Tomlin's Stacey. also in the house. So thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for sharing it out as well. Yeah. We really do appreciate that. We want to, you know, grab some other people to come in and listen to the wisdom and the knowledge bombs that she's going to drop. And by the way, my, when my assistant Nikki uh, is going to transcribe this, what she just said, Nikki, we totally have to use that. The marriage and the, you know, the map and that. That's 
that's a great quote. So we definitely have to use that. <laughs> um, Tim says Facebook has gone totally ninja lip sync. Are you saying that we're out of sync again? We are, we were having oh, these, no. this trouble a few weeks ago. Are we all out of sync guys? If you, if we are try the refresh, cause we did find last time if you refreshed that it synced up a little bit better. So otherwise picture, you know, close your eyes and we're like a radio. Oh, that's, you just think of it as, as the podcast and a radio, Greg Walker in the house as well. Thank you, Greg. Okay. So really quick, before we dive into some of these other pieces, we're going to talk a, a little bit about community. Um, you know, do you, do you have a community of people that you really like working with? You know, I know we, we have some online groups and stuff like that. What kind of community do you find yourself, uh, inspired by and collectively working with? I find myself really continually inspired by a couple different communities and I think a mashup today. One of the big communities that I really find very interesting is obviously my comedy community, but I also find video. I find the people that are live streamers like yourself and, uh, you know, I, I give a shout out to people like Ross Brand and people like that and Roberto Blake and all these different people. And the reason why I feel such kinship with this community is because I think today they really define what it means to, to co-create with the community and let go of a script and just show up and answer questions of the community and not have an agenda. And really they show up. And to me, that's the epitome of what improvisation can be. Mm -hmm. live and how it can be of service to people. Mm -hmm. And I think people get so scared when they hear, hear the word improv because they're thinking that it means theatricality and it doesn't mean that. It gotcha. just means being able to put aside what you might have planned mm -hmm. to really hear what people are saying and, and listen and be able to address what's happening in the moment. And so I think live streamers, all the best live streamers are great improvisers because you kind of have to be. Yeah. And I, I think I my thesis my thesis is brands need to do that too. I think I'd like to see more brands trust their people to let go and be in the moment and answer questions in the moment and right. just rip that script up, rip it up. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there, I'm so tired of, um, you know, and it's, and it's maybe not fair because I do understand brands wanting to have yeah. some control over content and, and not, not mm -hmm. understanding what people are going to say, but let's face it. There are people like me out here that they could hire and have come into that's, that are well-equipped. There's people like you, there's people, if they don't trust their own current staff members, then they need to hire somebody yeah. that can handle that because that's where brands are being built right now. It is, it's a crying shame that they are so far behind the curve, kind of like our voices are out of sync here apparently from the, from what the people are saying, <laughs> but they're so far behind the curb that they can't catch the vision. And, yeah. I, you know, honestly that for me, it's, it's funny, but it's one of the funnest things that I do is just getting on and doing a show called ask Vicky, ask a serial entrepreneur, anything, you know, throw all these questions yeah. at me. And some of them I'm like, that's a good question. Okay. And then I just dive in and that is, is where the beauty is. But I think that's where also we find that people that do are witty and, and do have that, that strength are being, you know, they are, they're the trailblazers. And well, I appreciate that. I, I give credit to the, to the people out there that are on the front of these things and on the vanguard, like the live streamers, because I think it takes a high trust from a brand to let go and empower people. But it also, I really think that the best storytellers, and I've said this a million times because I believe it with all my heart, the best storytellers out there are usually not in the C-suite. 
The best storytellers in any brand are the people closest to the customer. So why wouldn't you, if you're going to empower people to do a live stream, why wouldn't you trust your people to take questions and trust them enough to represent the brand with their employee stories and to do what's right for the brand? So I think it takes a lot of faith. It takes some training, but it also takes finding the right people who understand the brand enough to be able to represent it. And it's just, it takes brand values. I think it's just about letting go and empowering those people that are the great storytellers. But at the brands that are really good at it, recognize that it's story stewardship is what I call it. That everybody in the company is responsible for that brand story. The, mm-hmm. the story is not owned by marketing. Mm-hmm. It's owned by all the employees. Yeah. I agree. And I think if they do some training in the beginning, you know, like, um, you know, my good friend, Ted Rubin, who I'm so excited about seeing wow. next week again, Ted's always talking about, you know, his hashtag R on R, you know, return on relationship that people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's all about your people invest in training nice. those people so they can answer those questions and that they can uh, be quick on their feet. Because I, again, playing devil's advocate for a minute, I completely understand because as a business coach myself, sometimes, you know, I'll watch a client on a live stream, answer a question. I'll go, that, that's not what we want to say. That, you know, that's not what we want to say. Cause it, it comes out yeah. different sometimes. So I, I really do want brands to know that I get that, but hire somebody then like, like somebody that can train yeah. your people the right way. Somebody that will do role playing. You know, I do that with my yeah. clients. Let's role play before you live stream. And then I'll throw some of those tricky questions or, you know, the troll patrol at them. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, um, I think Jenny says, I love the way Vicky handles trolls on her scope because I, I totally ad lib and improvise, like just asking questions yeah. and getting them involved because again, but everybody doesn't have that skill. So I love where you're coming from. Let's train them. Get, you know, get that value Let's set train. in there. Let's get people trained. It is about training people, but it's also about, I think there's a difference between improv and improvised and mm-hmm. improvised can be sort of made up and, and willing to let go of the script, have a plan, be willing to let go. But what improv really is in practice, it, improv is not theatricality. What I call applied improv is this idea of collaborating with your customer. So mm-hmm. for example, look at, look at like a brand that I, I love, like a brand like GoPro, like most of the content on their, on their website in yeah. on Instagram that they use is not created by them. It's created by users. So part of what improv says is, ah, my my customers, employees know the brand really well. So I don't have to do it all by myself. If I let go and let them create some cool stuff, Mm -hmm. they're going to create things that are better than what I could create alone. So so when you think about what applied improv is, is what if we got on a call together with customers and together we came up with new ideas for content? Mm. And I only create a couple of ideas and they yes and and build and add on to my ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's really about improv is really about collaboration. Mm, I like that. I like that. And we'll build on what you just said in one second. So really quick, you guys, you know, we're talking about community and building. She, she mentioned Mm -hmm. Ross Brand and Roberto Blake, which are two guests that have also been on the show that are amazing people, Mm -hmm. tons of other great Mm -hmm. content uh, creators out there, like Miss Jenny Q and, you know, some of the people, some of you guys that are here in the audience, right? Jenny's awesome. And so you guys, we're going to talk really quick about um, community. And you guys know that I have a Facebook group group called the Entrepreneurial Rockstars. If you want to be part of a group of people that want to give at least as much as 
they get, we would love to have you in there. It doesn't matter if you have your own business. It matters that you want to contribute, that you're not just there to slap up a flyer and take, 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 but you just, you just want to contribute. So, um, if Randall, if you can put that graphic up, there we go. If you guys, you can go to vickyfitch.com slash freebies, click on the, the link there that says entrepreneurial rock stars and join us. Come check it out. Um, you know, come, come see if it's something that resonates with you. And then we do, I do have offer cameo appearances on some of the guests who aren't too camera shy, which we have a lot of camera shy people in there. But if you're not too camera shy, we'd love to have you, um, you know, we'd love to have you in the group and we'd love to have you connect. And I hear that our audio, we're syncing up a little bit better. So that's a double thumbs up and appreciate that Randall and Stacy. Thanks Yay. for taking care of our tech, but definitely join the entrepreneur rock stars guys. We appreciate you and we will look forward to having you in the group. All right. So, you know, we're going to kind of go backwards a little bit and bring ourselves forward, Kathy, and find out like mm-hmm. we, we, marketing and comedy. Like, where did that come from? Like, it's <laughs> the, you know, you said when you were a kid, you did this comedy Bible and you're like, but th- what? So, so explain, Jess, how did that happen? <laughs> so I, I have a theory that, and, and I think, I think most of us walk around being a mashup of multiple really amazing things. And when you take all these things that you are and you put them together, you unleash something really new and great in the world. You think about your favorite songs that are mashups of old old stuff and new stuff and how great those songs are. I think we're all mashups. So um, I actually uh, did my first improv comedy classes in college, got a, got a job in marketing right after college, but at night, so, you know, five, six, seven days a week, I'd be out there hitting open mic nights, doing improv. Uh, fast forward 20 years later, I got my 10,000 hours in. I've done well over a thousand shows. Um, I founded two improv groups. I still perform at a theater in, in Silicon Valley today. I'm a founding uh, member of uh, a long form troupe, um, which if, if you know improv out there, people know what that is. Um, and so I still perform. And so one of the things that I realized is that when you marry something that you do all the time, like marketing with a unique lens and viewpoint that you have in the world, you create a viewpoint, you create a lens that's just completely unique in the world. Mm. And, you know, um, it's sort of like I have friends out there that are content rock stars and they're also rock and roll photographers and they take those two and they mash it up. And for me, it's, it's comedy and, and marketing. And people say, well, what do the two have in common? But everything you think about what the heart and soul of great business storytelling is, it's the truth. What is comedy? What is comedy? What is comedy? <laughs> yeah. It's the, tr- it's the cold hard truth, right? Unfiltered. It, it, it is the truth on steroids. Right. And yeah. that's what that is. And it's completely unfiltered. And I think what what comedy really is, is it has an emotional resonance that a lot of times business marketing and business storytelling lacks. Mm, and so my belief in the world is if you took a lot of the emotional resonance that happens on the stage and everything I've learned about connecting with people came from my stage work. And if we take that good stuff and we actually imbue that into the marketing that we do in business, how much richer and robust and more human would our marketing be? Mm, and, I, and I believe that right. to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, absolutely. Like you said, when you bring, when you blend real world in, it's a totally different game. I mean, the fact when people try and do some of these, 
these, um, I don't know, like I've seen, you look at marketing ads and you're like, oh, like that ever happens. I mean, like that is, that's not reality. <laughs> you know, when, when you bring in some real things and that kind of makes it cool. Um, there's, let's totally. say they're losing the feed. I don't know. Hey, Kathy Parsons or sell in the house, my BFF. Um, you guys are losing the feed. I don't know. Hopefully that you guys can refresh. Cause I don't, um, it looks like it's still here on my iPad. So <laughs> we're hoping <laughs> we're hoping. Um, so we're, let's, let's kind of dive into your book because your book is called stop boring me how to create kick butt marketing content products and ideas through the power of improv and you know i'm a g-rated girl so we can all substitute that other <laughs> word in there um but you know that what where did you come up with the title and what inspired you to write the book well it's really interesting because um for years and years people kept saying where's your book Where's your book? Where's your book? And I was like, ah, you're right. I got to have a book. And, and over many years, I thought about how much improv really changed my worldview and how, because improv is so collaborative. When I'm out there with my, my seven other compatriots on a stage, we are building in real time a story based on one audience suggestion. And we are creating a 30 minute play completely made up. Well, how is it we can do that? It's because we trust each other and we collaborate together. Mm. And I thought these are rules for how marketing should run. Mm. And so I started thinking about this over many years and I finally just pulled it all together in a book. And the interesting thing is um, I had a long debate with a lot of people you know, nobody calls me Vicky and goes, Hey, Kathy, you know what? Could you come and fix my improv? My improv's broken. <laughs> right, right. Very, very true. Because you wear those crappy plumber pants. Like nobody <laughs> says that. So I thought, I love it. <laughs> right. So what, pro what problem is it solving in the world? And it solves a lot of things, but I thought one of the biggest things that improv can do for people mm -hmm. is cut through the morass of boring me focused marketing. So the pro one of the big problems is being boring. And you might say, well, why is boring a big deal? But I think it's a tax. It's a burden that marketing puts on their audience. Right. And if it's boring enough, you and I both know that with all the crap coming at our audience today, they'll just simply tune out and we've lost right. them. Absolutely. So I want people to remember that being boring has a cost. It's a tax. It's a tax that you are shifting to your audience mm. and there's ways to think differently. And just because you're in a boring industry doesn't mean that you need to be boring. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. So, well, and that's, that's what live streaming I think has done too, is that, I mean, most, most, well, all the live streamers that I watch actually are entertaining. Otherwise I wouldn't. Right. I yeah. mean, it's like, and, and I think, and we'll talk about it in a minute, <laughs> but you called it snortum, right? It's like, huh? You know, like, oh, please, someone <laughs> save me. I can't, I need some kind of stimulation. And the, and we do recognize that the world right now is so hyper-focused on, you know, more yeah. and more and more stimulation that it does cause some trouble yeah. for things. But I want to be, yeah. I always say, you need to make me feel. I need to yeah. laugh cry, um, feel touched emotionally. Yeah. Some, I have to feel something yeah. otherwise move out of my way because you're not, you are not contributing to me, my depth. If it's something that makes me sad or think like that, or the heights of joy, if you yeah. can't make me feel, then you got Then I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it in my newsfeed. I don't want to see it in my mailbox, yeah. you know? And so I'm completely <laughs> agreement. You know, yeah. I need to be entertained, but it doesn't have to be high stimulation 
It can be simple yeah. as a, as a, an adorable picture that makes me go, Oh, I love my kids or I love my pet or, you know, I love imagination, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So totally right. Totally right. It doesn't have to hit you between the eyes and it doesn't have to come on like a freight, make you feel something. You said it so well, there has to be, you know, you can't do an end run around your buyer's humanity and, right. and make a grab to, to their wallet. You know, right, nobody, right. nobody, Nobody feels you up at hello and tries to grab your wallet. Like you wouldn't do that in bar, I'm glad right? you said wallet because there could have been some <laughs> other things we substituted in there, you know, right? But it's it's right. true, right? You know, only the pickpockets are going for that. And those are not the people that we're trying to connect to us. <laughs> You're not trying to connect with those people. And and you've got to make somebody feel something. And 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 comics know something really important. And here's what it is: they know how to make you feel. It, it, you know, if I can give the example for a second of um if you ever watch John Oliver. Um, John Oliver, um, who does a, uh, every week he does a weekly show and he does a lot of really interesting public service kind of work where he'll, he'll, t- he'll expose fraud with, uh, uh, IRAs and investment funds. He'll expose used car salespeople. So he's giving you really good information. He's giving you something that could be helpful to you. There's high utility, Mm-hmm. But he's packaging it in a way that's funny and makes you laugh and see the truth. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to be boring in the way that we deliver information and utility. And that's really what comics know. And so if you want to be not boring, honestly, comics know the answers to this stuff. Yeah. Well, and even the term you used, you know, the jargon monoxide attack. I mean, you know, that it's a great thing. Even some of the graphics in your book, you know, showed the jargon, you know, I mean, it's, it's like you're, you are, you're taking the epitome of, you know, things that are irritating people. Right. And, you know, cause I am guilty myself. I usually try and break things down. I always say we need to talk at that fifth grade level and make sure that people can comprehend and not just understand the words, but, you know, ICA people in marketing, we throw it around all the time, not because we're trying to talk over someone's head, but ICA stands for ideal client audience, ideal client avatar, whatever. We know what we're talking about, but if it spins over someone's head, it's irritating. And so that it's, it becomes that jargon that you're talking, you know, the jargon monoxide that's going to poison everybody. (laughs) And we need to give them something that, you know, snackable bits of content that they can consume and understand and not just feel like they're eating, 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 but they don't get it. So... (laughs) Yeah, that the, the really, I think, honestly, the litmus test for me is, can I, can I explain it to my eight-year-old? Mm. And, I, you know, here's a great litmus test for anybody. If you have a kid, um, you know, seven, eight, nine, great age, uh, they are walking no BS filters, as you know, and they will call you out on your BS. So, right. you know, explain what you do to your kid. Right. And if your kid looks at you and goes, I don't get it. Listen right. to your kid because right. that's about the attention span that most adults have now. And, and that means that you're not explaining it in a way that's, that's, that's really compelling. So yeah, we think we're being clever when we put in all these acronyms and, and the reality is we're just losing people. We're not helping ourselves at all. It, it helps us to talk amongst each other when, you know, but it doesn't help the client to understand where you're at. And I think that, mm-hmm. and I, I think that sometimes that people throw it around. So like, I think people that don't know what they're talking about throw terms around. So the other people go, Oh, like you must know what you're talking. I don't know what that means, but I bet you're good. Right. <laughs> so, and that doesn't serve them at all either, but people get stuck no. in that trap. And I, I, I hate seeing that. Yeah. So tell me also, yeah. you know, that, you know, with, 
you know, again, for me, improv is kind of a, a witty banter, being able to collectively yeah. grab something, toss it back, you know, reframe it, find something either funny mm-hmm. or, you know, interjecting and stuff in it. You know, what would you say to the average marketer? You know, there's a lot of people in the audience that are small business owners that, you know, what would you mm-hmm. say to them as a, a way that they could start feeling comfortable and confident using some kind of, you know, humor or improv in their marketing efforts? <laughs> Yeah, no, the great question. Um, first of all, I want you to, you to think that, um, you know, understand, or understand, I should say, that improv isn't about, again, theatricality or being funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it shocks people um, because I do improv comedy, but the comedy comes out of being real. Right. So here's the, here's the number one rule. You want to, the number one rule for being funny? Just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Find that pain point that your customer is dealing with mm-hmm. and talk about the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to do that, uh, your audience will laugh. I'll give you a couple examples. There's a, there was a great uh, video that I saw the other day. Uh, a company had talked about, the, uh, it was a, um, it was a, uh, a boutique, um, hairstyling agency and, and people were coming in and they were talking about how people, what if people started bargaining and talking you down in price? Can you imagine somebody coming into your, uh, salon and saying, uh, could you give me just a, you know, a sample haircut and then I'll, 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 I'll test drive it for the weekend. And if I like it, I'll come back on Monday and pay and pay you for it. Oh. And they just created this fun little video, like what if scenario right. and the point they were making is sometimes as a small business, people don't value our, our what we do enough to pay for it. So right. they took the truth and they just exploded it. So right. really easy. Any small business, what's the heart and soul of the pain that your customers are feeling? Mm. Can you talk about it in a really honest way? Because if you can talk about it in a really honest way, you'll find a great metaphor for doing it. Your mm-hmm. audience will, will thank you and smile and laugh. So don't worry about trying to be funny. Right. First, just... Just worry about trying to discover the truth of, of the pain that your, your audience is feeling. Now, have you ever, like, I'm, I'm going to use an example. And if, you know, it is yeah. possible that this client could watch this live stream, but I won't, I'm not mentioning any names. So I'm just going to be honest because as you're saying that, like things are running through my head, you know, in, in ways that done it. I had a client once that said to me, Okay. Cause I'm a business consultant. Right. And so, you know, I have, I charge for my services and this client says, okay, look, I just want to let you know, cause I let this person split it up into two payments, which I, you know, I don't typically do, but I did. And then this person on the second payment installment goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not going to be able to pay that right now, but I will, you know, in like three weeks or a month or something like that. And it kind of went on to this because I have uh, this basically something else that was more important. Mm-hmm. And so I returned the message. I said, okay, I just, I just want to get this straight. So what you're saying is you've done such a stellar job. I'm so excited about your services that I'd like you to do them for free for a while. And then, you know, and I just kind of went on to the thing. I said, I just want to make sure I got that clear because that I'm not sure that is the right marketing model that I'm teaching you. So I don't feel like I would be a really good example if I thought that was okay. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of, like you said, taking the pain point and kind of flipping it back around to try and help people. And sometimes that 
that can be pushed into a little bit of sarcasm. But I think when we do it right, when we're, when we're, our point is to just give them some crystal clarity because they're obviously looking through a foggy filter, right? <laughs> they think that's okay. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. you know, again, just looking at those uh, the opportunities and what you're bringing to the table. I love that you're, um, yeah. you know, that you're telling them to really focus in on the pain point and, and, and sometimes putting a magnifying glass on it really does, you know, turn it into a, a different situation. Absolutely. And if, if you do it in a way that is really honest and raw and you're not, you're not putting a name to it. So you're not naming anybody. Right. If you create, imagine, imagine creating a graphic or a video. Has this ever happened to you? And you, right. you know, the person going, you know what? Your service was great. Okay, great. Let's, how would you like to pay me? Um, I wouldn't, you know, I'd like to test drive it for another week. And can yeah. I pay you in another week? I promise you, if you've created a graphic or a video or a cartoon of that, so many small businesses would so resonate because how many small businesses understand cash can being cash constrained, right. not getting paid on time, right. not the receivables. Right. And I think it would hit home in a way that, that, that truth is such a powerful bam, bam. Right. Yes. And then I don't know a single small business who at some point in their cash flow history hasn't experienced that. Right. So that can be the most powerful, I think, lesson of all. So if you, if you find a way to humorously just poke at a universal truth, yes, that, that is the best way to do it. I love it. I love it. And I, I see uh, Doc Muscles, Adam Nally's in the house. Welcome. Lynn is here. Yeah, the foggy filter. Thanks, Lynn. Um, Marcia says, yes, you got to be your authentic self. Uh, Tim was recognizing that, you know, we're looking at finding the paid pain points. And Barb says, yeah, just be real, whatever that means to you. So that yeah. that's, that's really what we're cutting it down to is filtering out yeah. the garbage and just being, you know, who you are and being real. Yeah. Um, you know, you had, you have a little, uh, one of your favorite quotes, and this is number three, Randall, if you can pop this one up. And she says, creativity is intelligence having fun. I think that's Albert Einstein's quote, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think Randall's going to pop that up in just a second, but yeah. um, Anyway, maybe not. So, um, but that is one of your favorite quotes. We'll pop it up in a little bit, perhaps. Um, but that, that is really true, right? Is that creativity Mm -hmm. is intelligence having fun. And I think that's what we're kind of do. So as we look at that, let's talk about your yes, but versus your yes and, uh, situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and just really quickly that I love that quote so much because a, I think everybody's creative and I don't ever want to hear somebody say, well, I'm not creative. Oh, stop. You are. Everybody's creative in their own way. Mm-hmm. And fun is a, is a catalyst for innovation. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And yes, but is, is a concept where how many times a day do we yes, but somebody and not even realize we're doing it? We yes, but people all the time. We yes, but each other all the time. And yes, but is, um, is that fooling anybody? you like, you know, yes, but is a no, just masquerading in cheap perfume and costume jewelry. That's all it is. It's just a no. <laughs> but we think if we say yes, but, but I said yes, mm-hmm. no, because everything you said, that but told me you weren't listening. Mm -hmm. But when we magically shift to yes and, Mm -hmm. and you say, what if you were to say something to me, Vicki, and say, hey, what about for the next show we did X, Y, and Z? And I said, oh, yes and, let's add add A, B, and C too. Mm -hmm. Now we're in a flow of creativity versus us arguing over, you know, uh, where to get started. Right. Um, Yeah. If you're, if you're up for it, I can demonstrate a quick little improv activity if you're totally up for it. Absolutely. 
So let's demonstrate. I think demonstration is the best best way to do this. So let's take an example. Um, suppose you're planning a party. You're planning a party. Yeah. Um, and you and I are going to plan it, but uh, we're going to butt each other. We're just okay. going to butt each other for uh, just you know less than a minute. Okay. Um, I'll start, and then you you yes but me, and I'll yes but you. Got um, so Vicky, for the next party that you're going to throw, I want to have balloons and glitter. Yes, but I was really kind of going with like a shoe theme and like kind of pulling those in as a, maybe a more high class event. Yes, but what if we had giant shoes filled with champagne? Yes, but maybe we could maybe not fill them with champagne. Maybe we could fill them with ornaments where people could take them home. <laughs> yes, but what if we actually had giant balloons and clowns inside of the champagne shoes? Mm, yes, but what <laughs> if we took those and created something that was a little, maybe some master centerpieces that we could put on some side tables while we gave these maybe a lower profile on the tables? Now let's switch. That's awesome. Now let's switch to a yes and yes and same exercise. But we're gonna we're gonna plan this party. Vicky and I are gonna plan the super awesome Vicky Fitch Bonanza party. Okay. Um, hey, Vicky, we are gonna have singing telegrams and we're gonna have glitter explosions. Yes, and we're going to have chocolate because chocolate is critical. <laughs> did I say butter? Did I do and? Yes. yes, and right? Yeah, you said and. Okay, all right. Yes. Yes, and we're going to have chocolate fountains coming out of clowns' mouths. Yes, and caramel. <laughs> we're going to add and caramel <laughs> coming out on the sides for us to dip things in. <laughs> yes, and oh my gosh, we're going to have giant champagne filled shoes that are going to spew different flavors of chocolate and you can kind of pick your different flavor yes and we'll have a shower in the corner so when it spews all over people they'll be able to clean up <laughs> well per perfect that's perfect now hey you might and it's funny right but you yeah. can kind of feel, just feel the energy difference between a yes but and a yes and right uh-huh and and how did it feel to you? Not to put you on the spot, but how did it how did it feel? Yes, and but and but yes, but obviously the yes and is definitely more power position going forward, where you're not wanting to cut people off, even though you are. <laughs> you're you know you're not necessarily um really interested in some of those ideas, but it does put it puts exactly. more uh, positive flow, so people can actually maybe continue to brainstorm and actually might come up with something that's really. Um, you know, is, is more apropos. And, and Adam says, yes. And is more money. <laughs> that's Adam. That's good. Yeah. Adam. I like and, it. And here, well, here's the thing. And you hit on something really important. Yes. And doesn't mean I'm going to marry the idea. I'm not, I, I'm not putting a ring on that idea's finger. I'm just taking it out for a few drinks. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm writing the check. And that's the thing I think people get worried about. They think if I yes and an idea, it means we're going to do it. Doesn't mean that at all. Mm -hmm. But you hit it up on the head. When I yes and an idea, it opens you up to more ideas. Right. But if I yes, but it everything you said, after a while, you shut down. You just right. simply shut down. Right. So, so don't don't worry, folks, about this idea of yes and meaning that you have to do all these crazy things. Mm. But what yes and does is it opens up the creative funnel to these new cool, some of which will be viable ideas. Right. 
Yeah, no, and, I totally agree. And the spewing champagne, you know, you know. <laughs> Wait, yeah. it's a good idea. I might have a champagne party. So, <laughs> and, and, and here's, and here's the thing about it is that that's how improvisers build scenes in a, in a mm-hmm. show. We kind of add on to each other and you don't have to literally say yes. And right. I don't care if you use the word. Yes. And the point is the spirit behind yes. And it means right. that you make an idea, you offer an idea and I build onto it. And the two of us are going to be in positive flow in co-creation mode. And we're going to come up with an idea that's better than if we just sat there and yes, butted each other, we're not going to get anywhere. And that's really the power of collaboration and what, why improv is so powerful because we are literally creating something that never existed before, but we, because we yes, and each other, we have something cool. And so, you know, just in giving people clarity, I think that in conversational, that if you were having that conversation and said, and you made a suggestion, for instance, that I didn't like, you know, to saying, oh, that's an interesting idea. It's really that same. That's an interesting idea. What do you think of it? It's not necessarily because I think the yes, even though conceptually, that's a great way of putting it like the yes, button, the yes, and some of those people that are, you know, the, the, the data analysts are going, I, if I say yes, that means I said yes. And so you, you can switch yep. your language, your verbiage around to say, wow, that's an interesting idea. So what we're trying not to do is knock other people's ideas, giving credence and value to them yes. so we can continue to collaborate and build, right? You said it so perfectly. I mean, you said it eloquently. You don't have to literally use the words yes and because you're right. Very cerebral, technical people are left brain friends and family members. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what they hear. Um, Tell me more. That's an interesting idea. What if we, what if we did that? Or how would that work? Or what might, what else might we do? So it's really just change, changing the positive, the negative yes, but to a positive, way that opens people up to give ideas. And so don't worry about literal yes and if literal yes and gets in your way. Just understand that the power and the spirit of yes and is to open people up and have that build idea building. Yeah, absolutely. And then Lynn wrote, ha, ha, ha. I love how your mind works, Kathy. Your examples and exercises help people catapult forward, get unstuck. And it's super fun every time I hear you do this with your audience. Bam. I love it. Thank you, Lynn. That's awesome. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. And April is in the house. Welcome, April. Adam says, is that because we've grown up in a world that gives participation trophies? (laughs) That's funny. Um, I think he's partly right. I think that's partly it. But it's also because um, people hear yes, and they think they've made a commitment to something. Mm -hmm. They think, they think like at the altar, I do. I put a ring on this idea's finger. And that's not what we're saying. So I think Yes, uh, can sometimes um, freak people out in terms of commitment, but it's really not about that. And if you can just use another way of phrasing it that makes you comfortable, but allows that other person to be heard, the main yes. thing is you want to want to allow that person to feel heard. Absolutely. And that's where you get really great idea flow. I promise you, you'll have better ideas if you do that than if you're constantly yes, budding and, and, and budding and getting stuck. You won't go anywhere. 
I completely agree. I think you've made some really good points. And so a couple other things that you talked about is, you know, again, some funny things is infographic. I cracked up when I was, when I read that and, you know, even some of your operational definitions of infographic, tell them what infographic is. <laughs> yes. An infographic is what I call uh, an infographic that is stuffed with so much minutia and detail that it's virtually unreadable. It's illegible and it doesn't mean anything. Things. So I think we're in a world of so much data that we think that if we if we stuff all these facts into an infographic, mm-hmm. that we've made something of utility in the world. And the reality is, is it's not true unless that infographic right. tells a story. Right. So um, don't create an infographic. A right. crapic, not what you want. <laughs> right. We want clear, concise information that people can use as a visual yes. cue, not as yes. a visual overload. We're like, I don't even want to see that. That's just PMI. Too much information for me. Too much information. And I know, um, you know, uh, there was some other things. Stacey DiPolo had written a bunch of uh, other phrases and stuff people use. We might get back to those in a little bit and just try and help yeah. people understand some of the terminology in marketing that people get overwhelmed with. But let's do another yeah. one of your funny ones and talk about snortum. You actually have a, and I don't have the operational definition here, um, but snortum, it was one of the, also one of the pictures and your own infographic in your book. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Snortum is what I label this, this thing of putting people to sleep with really bad marketing. Like it's, it's, um, boredom, uh, induced sleeping <laughs> created by uh, bad marketing. Right. And, um, we're not, tr- we're not going for that. We're not trying to do it, but I think it's, it's really this idea that marketers, sometimes we forget that we, we, our job is not to overwhelm people. Right. And to give them data, our job is to make them feel something. Yes, and 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 we yeah. that something hopefully is not irritation towards us because <laughs> and if we're yes. if we're making them fall asleep or we're creating <laughs> infographic, yeah. like, these people are irritating me. I'm going to take them off my uh, list of options. And so you know, driving that, like I said, it's a feel That's good, it. and it's, a feel good doesn't mean they actually have to feel elevated. Feel good means I've felt something of value, yeah. whether that's bringing me into the depths or raising me up. But that's, I I completely agree. And then you have one more thing that was talking about the chimichanga. So I would love for you to share the chimichanga. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I I think I said spare the marketing air. Uh, Don't create jargon monoxide uh, poisoning. Uh, uh, Less less, uh, marketing pollution or eat more chimichangas. Yeah. Um, And then I I talk about how... um, uh, sometimes marketers use big words, um, because we want to be, uh, feel important and we forget that it doesn't mean anything to our audience. So it's kind of like if I were to substitute every other word, just say chimichanga, our, our synergy is so chimichanga because that's really what our customers hear. Right, right, right. <laughs> it makes no sense to them. We might as well be talking about, you know, great, delicious Mexican food because that's what they're hearing. 
Right. Well, you know, there's a book, um, it's called Preserving the Moral Innocence of Your Children. And it actually reminded me of that because in that book, they talk about how the children will substitute words that they don't understand for the closest match they can come up with. So like, if they don't understand what you're saying, they're going to either substitute it in with a bunch of weird stuff that makes no sense at all. Or like you said, they'll just substitute every word they don't know for like chimichanga. So it's like, blah, 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 chimichanga, blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't do any good. They feel talked to you. They don't feel heard or appreciated. They don't feel connected to you. They feel lost. And if you're making your client feel lost, I think your book said, just go eat a chimichanga and stop throwing out, you know, stop talking chimichanga, right? (laughs) Just, you know, give people (laughs) that they can understand, you know, Uh, otherwise you're, you're losing customers and you're frustrating people in a space where there's already enough confusion, trying to understand social media and all the different platforms and algorithms and and should I do print ad? Do I do radio? Do it? What do I do? And that people are just like, never mind. I'm not going to be in business for myself. They just kind of want to withdraw and go hide. And, and so then there's people like you, Kathy, that are out there trying to help give them direction say, come on, come on. I got your back. Let's go. We can do this together. We don't have, you don't have to do it alone, you know? And, and I, I love that about what you're offering here. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's really such a key message is that we don't have to create all of our marketing. If we were really just to step back and listen to what our customers said, our, our, our ideal customer and our best customers, our really rabid fans will create content on our behalf. And that's really the essence of improv. You're building something together. Yes, Andy, you're, you're really yes, Andy in each other. And if you were to think more like how could we actually work with our employees Mm-hmm. How can we work more with our customers to create something with their voice represented? How much more powerful would that marketing be? How much more would they share it? Mm-hmm. I think that's the right way to think about it. You don't have to go it alone yeah. and you don't have to be, you don't have to be funny. You right. just have to really get to the heart and soul and the truth of whatever, again, pain that your audience is dealing with and, and that, that will get their attention. Yeah, well, you know, and Adam wrote in here. He wrote infographic, my whole nutrition textbook in medical school. (laughs) And the other one he wrote, snortum equals death by PowerPoint. Yeah. So, yep. Snortum is, uh, is, uh, is really that. And, you know, what I called it in the book was something a little different, but Adam's right. It's really anything that alienates your customer. Snortum is anything that makes your customer go, oh God, because what you're doing is you're putting the burden on your customer to figure that out. And your customer's not going to spend extra cycles to decode your marketing. I'm really a big believer. And I I know you believe this, Vicki, that clarity is our job as communicators and marketers. It's not our audience's job to figure out what the hell we're talking about. We've got to be clear. So if right. you're if you're using snortum and jargon monoxide poisoning and infographics and all these things that I call them in my book, and yes. you probably need to step back and maybe take another look at at really clarifying your marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, I totally agree. And so, really quick, you guys, we're going to take um, a, a two second break for one of our sponsors. And you guys know that I, you know, I live stream every day and I dual stream and I use the TW broadcaster. Archon Mounts has been an incredible support to the community, the online community. To, I mean, they have everything from mounts for your cars to, let's face it, you guys all know you need more charging cords because either you or your kids lose them or leave them somewhere. Anyway, if you go to archon.com, A R K O 
N.com. You guys can use the code FITCHSLAP, F-I-T-C-H-S-L-A-P. That's for my other podcast. He said, Red said, use that code. You save 20% on everything. So again, get your live streaming gear. It's top-notch stuff and, and keep yourself in the know. If you're not live streaming, you really want to work on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we appreciate Archon Mounts. And I hope that you guys will um, at least take a look at their website. All right. So I wanted to kind of dive into a little side topic uh, that still has to do with what you're talking about, but customer service. Customer service, I feel like is in some, for some companies is one of the most, um, I want to say maniacal, but you know, it's like a person with a little bit of power and a lot of either zero information or, you know, um, like a rule book that's 10 feet tall and they are not there to serve. They're not there to deliver. And I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have and that you as a small business can alleviate and eliminate if you're smart. And I just want to know what your opinion on, you know, a, a large portion of customer service, you know, at least here in the U S I can't really speak as much for other countries, you know, but what's your opinion on that? No, I think you you hit it on the head. I think a lot of it is that uh, companies have not empowered people on the front lines to make decisions. We've not empowered them to say, you know what? Yes, we have these rules, but clearly these rules don't serve human beings in every situation. So our service people need to have the, the the freedom to be able to throw out the rules when they don't work. Like if United, long time ago, when that first thing happened with the girls with the leggings, if right. somebody with common sense would have said, you know what, that, okay, it's a, it's a rule. It was written a long time ago. It doesn't apply in this situation. Right. It, it, you know what I mean? Somebody needs to be able to yes and the customer to say right. yes. Yes. I hear you. It makes sense. We're not going to enforce a rule. Right. That comes from, you're right, empowering your frontline people yes. to, to be smart about it, to have common sense, to make decisions. Rules are there for a reason. But when rules don't serve people anymore, right? look, people, rules are supposed to serve people. People don't serve rules. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what's happening right now. So you guys that are small businesses that are listening, hear this, think about this. And especially those of you guys who have, you know, downloaded this on iTunes or Stitcher or, or blog talk radio, hear what we're saying, because we're trying to help you understand a pain point. And if you don't know what pain point means, what's bothering you in your business? What is, what are you struggling with? Customer service is an issue that you're probably dealing with, with other companies. So think about it for your own. I mean, I, I've done, several scopes on like some of the worst customer service in history, some of the epic fails that people have done and, you know, not naming names, but sharing <laughs> these catastrophes that, you know, you have to talk to, you know, three supervisors to finally get somebody to do something and then act like you, you know, I, I, I had just had a recent thing with a, a hotel, a major hotel chain, and we called it Henry's because I was, you know, substituting a word, but that, I, you know, I had just stayed somewhere for social media marketing world. And they, they, they said, Oh, January, we changed over. Um, we have new accounts now. And so basically they said, I forfeited all my points. And I said, 
well, why would I do that? And they said, well, you need to prove that you've been here. And I was like, well, I was just there like yesterday. So what kind of, you know, and they just kept on going. It was crazy. But it took me three people to finally get my points back. It was my own points, you know, that they decide. And it's like, how sad, because I had a 10 day stay in a hotel in Scottsdale that I canceled that hotel, went to another hotel because of this incident. So people, you're losing money. If you're not trying, I, we we call it in my BA service, uh, we call it the yes factor. We try and say yes. Even if the, if a client's asking for a $10,000 project for Mm $2,000, my, my VAs can't say, yes, we'll do that. They can say, yes, I'll have Vicky contact you to discuss that. They can give some kind of yes to try and give people a chance to be heard. Listen to what people say, right? We need to listen. We need to process and figure out a way we can deliver value without, we don't have to, you know, take a bath. We need to, and and, in case you guys are listening from a different country, taking a bath means we don't have to lose money on it. We don't have to give everything away. We need to listen and we need to let them be heard so we can deliver value in in a competent way. Do you agree, Kelly? Oh God, a hundred percent. And you know, it's the small stuff. Like you said, you can't say yes to all the things because some might not be commensurate with reality, but to the small things, you, yeah, not, not, there's no reason your customer service people are saying no to the small things where you can say yes to the small stuff that doesn't cost you much. Do it. And I'll give you a good example. I was staying at a very, uh, uh, fancy, fancy hotel, hotel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's just say it rhymes with the fits. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, very fancy, expensive hotel. Anyway, right. I was there and, um, they, uh, so you know what you're paying every night. I was there for a conference. They had a situation where in one of their rooms with the bar, they had a, um, the, uh, bottle opener that was pinned so hard so people couldn't steal it. Uh, oh, and I couldn't get, I couldn't stretch it. I, I mean, it was just, it was really kind of tight in there. And I remember calling the person saying, this is ridiculous. You realize you're charging X amount for nightly room and you're worried about people paying a $500, $600 night bill, but stealing a dollar. <laughs> Are you serious? So the guy goes, you're right. I'm coming right up. This guy mm-hmm. came right up took the cord, took whatever like cord cutters he uh-huh. had, and he cut the darn thing and said, take it home. Take it home. This is ridiculous. We shouldn't do this. And that was the frontline hotel person who said, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't treat our customers who are paying $600 a night like they're going to steal a 50 cent, you know, bottle opener. Right. And that was because he saw the power of saying yes to the little things. Right. Right. And that, that to me, that's what, that's what good customer service is. Absolutely. And, um, I love that story because like you said, it's, it's right. <laughs> I mean, I, you hear people all the time and um, I think it was, I think it was Emery Austin. I don't know if you've ever heard her speak, but she talked about how we have to set some standards too. And like for hotels, she refuses to stay at hotels where they, they're, they're, they have those little things on there where you can steal the hangers. She's like, if you are worried about me taking your hangers, I just don't want to be here. It's, I just don't want to be here because we, you know, and if it's irritating your customers, you, you got to come up with a better plan. We're talking about hangers here. You know, people give them away all the time. We, can handle something you know i mean literally if you're worried about the cost you could go round them up i bet your neighbors and friends will say here i'll give them mine i right. give them mine. recycle mine <laughs> it's true it's true 
It is crazy when we can't come back. Well, like you said, when, when someone is given the power to go, oh my gosh, she's right. Like what's the worst that could happen here is that she could leave with, even if the, even it was $5, you know, which it's not, but even if it was $5, the worst that could happen where the people can actually use it. uh, You know, what if they buy that $500 bottle of wine that you have available when they can't open it, you know? Oh, anyway. Exactly. Um, Take take down these small little barriers and, and it's, it's, funny to kind of laugh at, but yeah, it's take, it's taken up the, uh, taking up the small little barriers and removing them that are getting in the customer's way. So say yes to those small things, get them out of the way. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, um, you, I'm not sure. Let's see what our time is like. We're, we're, we probably don't have time for that one, but if we do, I'll come back to it. Um, you know, you're another piece that you talk about that I really love, Kathy, is that you talk about make others look good. You know, as speakers, that's our job too. Even, you know, if technology goes awry at when we're at a speaking event, we know what that's like. The PowerPoint, mm-hmm. the machine doesn't work. The people, it's our job to be professionals and make it work. And when you were in your book, you talk about, you know, make others look good, whatever it is, you know, try and be supportive because let's face it, nobody likes to have problems. And, you know, and like I said, I'm using just one example, but that you could come up with like a tech issue. Everybody appreciates the person that doesn't try and place blame and copitude and um, make everybody else. "Mm -hmm, Well, I would have done great if it wasn't for you and you and you. And it's like, instead of saying, Hey, Hey, you know what? Hey, we got some tech issues. Come on, people. Come on. Well, come on up to the stage. If you can't hear me, I'm going to talk loud, but come on, let's get together because yeah. we are going to deliver some value here. Right. And so that's nice. us stepping up to the plate and being consummate. Yeah. So talk to me about that, about yeah. making others look good. You know, the cornerstone besides yes and of improv is about making sure that you have your your partners back. So if you're in a scene with with another person, your job is to accept every offer as a gift. And that really matters. The sort of the corollary to business is, is absolutely true. Your job is to make your customer, your partner look good, your employee look good. And you and I both know, I mean, you just hit it on the head. It's like, when when I see people that blame everybody else, I cringe because it's like an instant credibility popper. Like you've just blown it. And everybody understands. Who doesn't understand when technology fails? There's nobody to blame because everybody's been in that situation. That's a universal that everyone can relate to. So if you can just say, oh, you know what? Oh, well, crap happens. Let's have fun. Mm -hmm. That's when the audience is so on your side because you did it with grace and dignity. You didn't blame anybody. Always, always, always make somebody else look good. And that's how you leave people feeling good about that experience. Absolutely. And and even if it doesn't matter if it was someone else's fault. I mean, honestly, you guys want to look at this no. way. It doesn't even matter no. if that person's awful and rude and they sabotaged you on purpose. You need to, you will grow as a person by stepping up to the plate and passing some of your, your grace onto other yeah. people. I mean, that's what, that's how we can collectively find a tribe and, and people that yeah. we can connect with and, and ways for other people to help us is that, you know, when you start growing as a person, it changes your life. It gives you an opportunity to continue to give out of abundance, right? Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. it, give, it doesn't hurt you to be supportive of someone else, you know, and, and again, other people, you know, Kathy, people look at you like, 
that's a, she's a class act. That Kathy, you know, she is a class act. <laughs> Vicky botched her name up 40 times during the week and she just gets on there like, it's, it's cool. It's no problem. You know, it's, <laughs> I, anything you say is right because it's a gift and it, it's, it's it doesn't, because it's so minor and like in the grand scheme of things, if, if, you know, if those little things unravel you, maybe, maybe you're focused not on the big things and right. it, you know, those are so small and honestly, people just won't remember them. But if you make a big deal out of it, then, you know, people remember it. So to me, yes, Andy, people means whatever comes your way, it's right. You know, it's, it's to embrace that offer and never make somebody else intentionally look bad. And that's, that's sort of the improviser's motto. No improviser left behind. <laughs> I, I love that. That's, that's yeah. legit, right? That's a mic drop right there because yeah. that's what we need to do yeah. as people as, is as, as continue on that, you know, that idea and, and remembering you guys, yeah. if you're new at something, you're even more nervous than someone who's seasoned. So the seasoned people, yeah. it is your job to step up. It's your job to, you know, to help the flock. You know, it, it really is. So if that's your customer base, if it's your employees, it, it doesn't matter who we're talking about. You need to step up because not only will it help them, it will help you. And, and this show, you know, Vicki Fitch Live, A Fresh Perspective is about growth. We are always trying to help you to grow into the best you you can be. You know, you don't have to change, but everybody should grow. You know, you don't have to, if you like who you are, rock who you are, own who you are. If there's issues that you don't like about yourself, start rounding those edges and tweaking it so you can, you can be the best you you can be. But this kind of stuff, what Kathy is sharing and in her book, uh, you know, and we will give you some links and stuff in a little bit so you guys can order the book. But again, it's funny. It's fun. It's clear. It's concise. You. you know, it's, it's, it's a, a message that is delivered and well received. So, you know, I, I found it, I found, like I said, I found it humorous. I picked out some of the, the parts that resonated with me to kind of talk about today, but there's a, there's a lot of meat there that is really is super supportive. And, you know, it's, they call it the meat and potatoes, right? I don't consider it a, that was, it wasn't a basket of French fries with some, you know, meat chili on top. I felt like there was some pot roast there, you know, we had the side of the taters, but you know, and I loved that about it. So <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I love that you said taters. That's awesome. <laughs> with the accent, with the accent, a little sling blade going on. That was awesome. Um, but no, I appreciate you saying that. I really do think with this book, it is, um, it really is about improv is, is me. Improv isn't just about comedy, but it's this idea of building together and building community and collaborating and making people look good and how to, when you do that, Man, you can rock a lot of things. And mm -hmm. I really believe that improv offers a way of thinking about collaboration in a whole new radical way. Yeah. And so there's a lot of meat there. There's yeah. a lot of delicious meat there. And some good taters. <laughs> there's some pot roast and some taters there, girl. Now remember I used to have Texas, so I got I got my down home kind of thing going on there. But um <laughs> You know, I, there was, an, there's another piece of your book and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we stay on time because I got some, some stuff I definitely want to go over too. Um, we have another graphic that I'm going to give Randall a chance to pull up. And, you know, you, cause you start talking about, you know, different yeah. pieces of, of the, of this journey. And one of your quotes was, you know, never judge, never ever judge your own journey. That's what your family is for. And I, I just yeah. cracked up because let's face it. 
our families are some of those people that will knock us down and whether they mean to or not, they can pummel us. And so when I read that, I thought, okay, well, I want to know, Kathy, we're going to, this is Vicki Pitch Live. We always dig around a little. So, you know, what was your family like? What kind of support system did you have with your immediate family? You know, tell us about that. So, yeah, such a great question, you know, and I say this with love because I think everybody has a little bit of a, uh, a family, uh, a, a little, everybody has a little bit of family dysfunction. I, I think there is no such thing as a perfect family. So let me just say that. And anybody who would, who would actually claim to me that they had a perfect family, I'd be like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes sure sense. Do, right. And we go, and, okay. Yes. I'm and, sure and you do. And <laughs> yes. And, yes. And you're, you're crazy. I love yeah. you, but you're crazy. Um, but that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because it sort of makes us who we are. It's character building. Yeah. And my family was interesting. And I actually, I, I wrote a one woman show and I've done my one woman show twice now. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of my parents are gone. Um, and I did it with a lot of love and I talk about my siblings because the, and my, and my parents, and there was a time I thought, um, that my brother was the black sheep of the family. And I think maturity is realizing that it's not them. It's you. (laughs) It's that, you know, oh my gosh, I'm kind of a weirdo, but we're all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting a shirt. I I guess I'm kind of a weirdo, (laughs) kind of a weirdo, but I'll tell you what you, what I, what I've come to realize is that we are all weird, but we're all lovable and we are all lovable weirdos, but we are worthy of love. And sometimes no matter who we are, even when we're acting at our most unlovable, we are still worthy of love. And Families teach us, I think, that. And no matter how weird it was, and there were weird dynamics, I was the nerdy kid that was doing improv and comedy, and I was did not fit in with my you know, conservative family. Like I was I was visibly nerdy from the space station, right? <laughs> I, like, I was visibly I nerdy from the space station. That's epic. That's just epic. Yes. And I just didn't fit into this conservative family. I did not, I was just not that. But they loved me anyway. And Yes, there was the judgments and the disagreements, but sure. I say I say this with love because um, everybody has that less than perfect family. But sure. I think it forges us and makes us who we are. And I that journey to me has come full circle. And so um, I lost my mother last year. Now both of my parents are gone. And I say this, and it makes me smile, but I say it with a lot of love because was I weird? Yes. Did I fit in? No. Did my family love me anyway? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to understand. We don't have to understand each other to love each other. Right. That's a choice. It is a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. And, it's a choice. and so that, yeah. it, it was a great, that's a great explanation. Which <laughs> actually kind of, you know, it, it does tag team into the other one woman show thing. Um, you know, I yeah. want to, I want to, I've not seen that. Now, is that something we can see? Is it on YouTube? Do you have it on a channel or is it something people have to, you know, like, how do we experience the one woman show that you've only done <laughs> twice? I've only done twice. Well, I've got a few videos that I'm, I'm uh, I have not made public yet, which I will probably do. Um, and I think I'm going to resurrect uh, and and do a third. I'm going to do the trifecta. I'm going to do another one woman show in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar stories, and they're all stories of my family, my upbringing, and how much I, you know, the the crazy stuff, the weird stuff, the love, mm-hmm. uh, all that's all all the stuff that people that makes a family a family. <laughs> Well, yeah. It, and like you said, all the stuff that makes a family a family, because we do, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know 
everybody that doesn't have, I don't know anybody who doesn't have a dis- some type of dysfunctional family. I certainly grew up. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely the black sheep in my family, but for completely different reasons mm-hmm. than other people sometimes are right. For me, it was because I started my first business when I was 12 and like, wow. I was so far, my family just didn't even know how to relate to me. They just didn't even know who I was. I bought my first house when I was 19 and they kept saying, don't do it. It's too much response. Like they started freaking out. And then, you know, then I quit my job six months later and started my first business, like with employees. And they're like, you're crazy. So they have this, their own fear, right? People have their own fear. They, they, they try and pull you into their fear. And like you said, I was, I love this. Um, you know, cause I have a, a new book coming out called evict the bully in your head, but the sequel is called own it, how to step uh, yeah. up and stand out. And so when I listen to you and say, I was a weirdo from the space station, <laughs> like, but you have learned to own who you are. You've stepped up. You're definitely yep. standing out, right? You're, you're, you're giving people, um, opportunities to, to, yeah. to hear and learn, but you're also giving them opportunities mm-hmm. to poke fun at you because as a comedian or a <laughs> live streamer or something, you know, people yeah. are gonna, they're going to tease and have fun. And, and so you've, you've welcomed that because you're embracing who you are. And I, I love yeah. it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I think everybody, everybody has something really amazing about them. I believe my, we're all weirdos in our own way and, and in the best way possible. And I think when you make peace with that and you, you sort of really embrace that and you double down on it, I think that's the greatest source of our strength, actually, mm-hmm. is when we stop sort of trying to not be that, but we embrace it and go... Look, I'm weird. I am weird. I got like three graduate degrees. I do comedy. I'm a, I'm a nerdo weirdo, but I am, I am who I am. It's what makes me me. And yeah. so it's what, and so I don't judge yourself. I really believe that, but also the same thing about embracing who you are, allow people to have their journey and yeah. not judge their journey because you have to recognize that just as you are on a journey of becoming who you are, other people are making mistakes and on, on their own journeys of who, who they eventually will become. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a really cool person. You know, it might yeah. be, it's a different journey yeah. than yours. And you know, every time welcome sweetheart, Jane <laughs> Mackey's in the house as well. And again, a whole bunch of you great people here. Thank you guys for, for coming great. in. Thanks for sharing out the broadcast. Those of you guys who are listening, like I said, on, on iTunes or Stitcher or Block Talk Radio, thank you for being here. And please go check out mm-hmm. episode 34 of Vicki Fitch Live, A Fresh Perspective with Kathy floats guest. <laughs> I am, yeah, I'm going to keep on keeping on my, keep on getting that right. But thank you guys for, for being here again. We appreciate your, um, you know, that you're downloading, that you're listening. And we hope that not only are you being entertained, but you're being educated because that's what we want. We want you to grow in your walk as an entrepreneur, as a person. And, and we just really do appreciate your time and energy. We know you got plenty of places to go. And the, the fact that you choose to spend it here is, uh, is an amazing thing. And we appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, uh, Jenny Jones says she calls herself the white sheep of the family. So, okay, girl, you go. And, uh, and she also talks about putting the fun in dysfunctional, right? So this is, you know, when we can grab some humor out of those things, then it totally makes a difference. Um, absolutely. So, you know, do you have any like speaking engagements coming up that people could uh, see you at, or, you know, that they could check out, you know, we're going to, we do have a social media card at the end where they can um, follow all your social media channels, but feel free to tell us about speaking engagements or where you want them to find your best content. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, so my next big speaking engagement, I was on a whirlwind kind of tour February, March. Uh, my next big speaking engagement, I'm going to be at the Entrepreneur Center, NASDAQ Entrepreneur Center next week uh, in San Francisco. And I'm going to be talking to uh, a group of entrepreneurs. Um, you can look it up online. Um, I think there's still tickets available about how to use improv to come up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. And then in, in June, I will be speaking at Funny Business, the Funny Biz Conference in San Francisco. So we're going to we're going to talk about how to, you know, use some humor and levity in marketing and sort of shake up that status quo. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead. Do you have some other I was going to say, yeah, they can. Um, yeah, I have other, other ones coming this summer, um, summer uh, overseas, uh, but I will be um, kind of listing those out. You can go to keepingithuman.com and check out my speaking page and get all that good stuff from there. So, yeah. Absolutely. And we definitely, I highly recommend that you do. And we're, she has a freebie we're going to give you guys a, a link to at the end as well. And it'll also be in the show notes to try and do that. Um, you know, trying to make sure that we can, you know, kind of push those things over to you that you can take some extra, you know, extra things away from tonight's broadcast. And, uh, you know, so that, that'll be fun too. Um, so, you know, where, where do you want, where do people buy the book? Do you want them buying it on Amazon? Do you want them can they buy it on mm-hmm. your own website? What is the best place for them to go and purchase your book? Actually, Amazon is the best place. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that is the best place to, to get it. Yeah. Okay. So good. So you guys knowing that again, that the name of it, and it'll be in the show notes, but stop boring me how to create kick butt marketing content products and ideas through the power of improv. I know she uses the AWS word and you guys know I won't use it. So I'm just going to keep substituting, but in there, it's just the kind of girl I am. But uh, the, the fact is, is that you guys will still be able to find it and we'll put a link in there. Absolutely. For you to get it. Absolutely. No, you gotta be you. You gotta yeah. do you, Vicky. I am right. I, you know, I, I am me. Everybody knows me. And, um, I think if I said that, they would be like, Oh, what, what, who's that? Like they think I was an imposter. I'd been like, a, you know, possessed or something like that. <laughs> okay. So the freebie download, which again, we'll have in the show notes is at keeping slash bust dash boring, but we will mm-hmm. put it in the show notes and, um, you can download and tell them what that download is. Um, I'm sorry. I missed that last the download. Tell them. Oh, thank you, Randall. He oh. put the, you guys can see it up there on the screen. Keeping it human.com slash bust dash. Yeah. Tell them what that yeah. is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for repeating. Um, so it's basically just a quick little guide, little ebook, really easy read. It's got five easy, fun ways to bust boring. And, you know, I really believe that there, there are boring industries, but that doesn't mean that your content has to be because boring, uh, is a choice, not a requirement. So I've just got some ways to take uh, some examples where I, I took boring industries and I came up with interesting ideas for content and I walk you through how I did it. And a lot of them, uh, of the ideas are uh, inspired by uh, improv and they're fun. So I think you'll enjoy them and, and hopefully they'll spark some ideas for you. Excellent. Well, I think that's great. And that's what we're trying to do is, right, give people an opportunity mm-hmm. to connect with new yes. ideas, think outside the box, you know, those kind of things. Um, and then Stacy had asked a question. If any of you guys yes. have some additional questions, feel free to pop them in. We have a couple more minutes um, before we start wrapping up. So if you guys have some additional questions, pop them in there. And Stacy asked, who are some of your favorite comedy influencers? Such a great question because there's so many. Honestly, there's so many. So I'll tell you, um, I started getting into comedy and it makes sense. Um, about seven, eight, 
same age as my son now. Um, and I would watch uh, the Carol Burnett show in reruns with my father. And it was my father who introduced me to Harvey Corman, Tim Conway, Vicki Lawrence, um, Carol Burnett, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, all the staple of uh, Ted Knight. I mean, I could go on and on just off the top of my head. All these amazing comic voices. And I remember watching Carol Burnett as a little girl going, wow, a woman with her own comedy show. And that I will never forget because it had such an impact on me. And I felt the same way when I watched Mary Tyler Moore. And I just, mm. I, you know, and her last was a big one because growing up, you know, a little girl seeing these female voices that were funny. Um, and I feel the same way today about, um, you know, um, Ellen and, you know, Paula Poundstone and Rita Rudner. And I could go on and on and there's some pantheon and up, but I'll tell you, you know, uh, you know, Robin Williams, I, I saw him perform back in San Francisco when it was The Onion. And he came in and just did an impromptu, well, hey, guys, I'm working out material. And I remember sitting in the front row and the sweat coming off that man. And he, he looked at the front row and he said, I know, I'm like Shamu. I should have warned people in the front row. Oh, my gosh, just, I love it. it was, I'll never forget that because, honestly, um, you know, years later, and I was in my 20s, and I remember thinking, wow, at that time, I'm watching a genius at work mm. and it was like watching a genius the way his wow. mind would work so quickly. And these are all influences on me. Um, I could go on and on Steve Martin, Key and Peele. I think there's nothing better in terms of political satire and sketch comedy today. Um, so yeah, I, you know, um, gosh, so many. And, and I'm just, I, I find new voices all the time that will do something in a way that I go, that inspires me. That voice inspires me. And I but think it's not really the voices in your head. These are actually external. No, voices. <laughs> and not just, yeah, I can, and actually they're loud because I can hear them above the noise in my head. And, what I'm especially encouraged by today with, with it, when it comes to all these comedic voices that I'm seeing the rise of voices outside the traditional represented uh, uh, comic mainstream. So I'm seeing more women and people of color and I've seen all these comedians. And I have to just say, you know, um, I got to see Charlie Murphy and I was sorry to hear about his passing today. Charlie Murphy was somebody that I saw at the San Jose Improv, brilliant storyteller masterful storytellers. So people like that inspire me because they're so good at what they do. They make it look effortless. And right. that's when I go, wow, that's a master. That's a master at work. So yeah. That, that's yeah. awesome. And I see Miss Janice Zuccarini in the house. Welcome, sweetheart. I appreciate you being here. Um, you know, we are like almost out of time and I have yeah. so, I've had so much fun um, to, tonight. <laughs> I hope that you had some fun. Did you enjoy the time that you had today? Always, always. Oh. It's fun to talk to you. I had a great time. I had a great oh. time. It's a oh. good question too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We always try and, you know, we're trying to inspire and educate. And we also want people to know a little bit more about you, not just the same questions everybody else asks, but to really kind of get to know you as a person and, and, you know, who you are. Um, I'm going to tell them a little bit about the next shows that are coming up. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us uh, anything that you've got uh, coming up next. And, and then we'll do, you know, like, do you have some aspirations, things they can help you with, you know, things that you want them to do. 
So really quick, you guys, next week, uh, now this is the first time I've ever done this, but next week I have to be at the Brand Innovators Conference on Wednesday. And so we are actually doing uh, Vicki Fitch Live on Tuesday. So we have Monday, I have He Said, Red Said with Michael Light. And then we have right here on Tuesday, Michael Griffiths is, is so Tuesday, Tuesday, it's first time ever. It's always been on Wednesday ever since the show started, but because I'm going to be gone and he's in Australia. So that's still Wednesday for him. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on Tuesday night. So you guys will see me back to back episodes on Monday and Tuesday next week, Michael Griffiths. And then we have Michael, um, Michael, he's actually Michael Smith, but he has, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that, but Michael Smith will be there. Um, he's an intuitive leader. He'll be on for, um, on Monday night for, he said, red said where red is always right. So those of you who don't know about, he said, red said though, remember we were talking about the Fitch slap as my code. The Fitch slap <laughs> is a public service. It only comes out when necessary. It is always done in love and it's used to redirect the course of someone who's astray. So remember that is that we're trying to help people in a fun, informative way to have a, a Monday fun day where we kind of, you know, have some witty banter and we turn, you know, we turn the tables a little bit and play with some fun topics. So I hope you guys will certainly join us right here. Same, same place at facebook.com slash Vicky Fitch one for both of those broadcasts. And I think that you'll find, um, especially on Tuesday night too, you know, he's a guru networker and um, he's actually, you know, we'll talk about that anyway. I'm not going to tell you all the good stuff now, but <laughs> definitely recommend that you um, you guys are here for that. And also remembering I am still on the hunt for he. I am still looking for a permanent he on the show. He said, Red said, uh, if you guys are interested in that, you guys can go to uh, uh, he said, Red said.com and click the link that you are interested in being my new he. Um, I would say right now we have um, a very strong forerunner <laughs> that people really have enjoyed, but we're going to finish up. We have a few more applicants and then we'll we'll be doing some second kind of second call things. So I appreciate you guys and all that you do. So um, you know, and being here and, and participating. So Kathy, what other things do you what what closing thoughts do you want to share with them? What would you like to if you have any directive for them, you know, something that you want to yeah. tell them, what would you like to tell the audience? You know, I'd really like to just reiterate that I think um prepare and and let go. And when you prepare and let go, great things happen. So improv is not about being funny. Don't worry about that. That's not what this is. It's not about being theatrical in any of that sense. Like I said, it's about being able to co-create with other people, let go, tell the truth. When you get to the heart and soul of your truth and just double down on your weirdo, honestly, great things happen. So I, I want to put that out there. Uh, the other thing I'd love to put out there is uh, I'm working on my second book right now, and I'm looking for examples of, uh, Vicki, you, you asked and you talked about this this great concept of just where you say yes to customers. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for examples where to a customer and it made a huge difference. I'd love to hear those stories. I'm looking for really great stories. It could be a small thing, but sometimes small yeses make a big, big difference in the world. So let's Let's talk about that ripple effect. I'd love to know your stories. And uh, if you've got stories, let me know. Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at keepingithuman.com. I, I love that. I love that. Um, so there, you know, so that is a great opportunity for people to be able to connect with your next book and, you know, kind of feel like they're participating in something that's even bigger than what they're experiencing right now. So I love that, yes. um, you know, having those individual stories and having that, that stuff put in there makes all the difference mm -hmm. in the world. It makes books, you know, so the storytelling is what makes, that's what makes my books, yeah. I think, right. And I think storytelling makes them fun. 
Absolutely. And everybody's a storyteller. That's the other thing. You know, you don't have to be funny, but everybody's a great storyteller because you're born that way. So embrace your inner storyteller. There you go. And try and keep the fish the right size. Like not the fish that got away. The fish that got away. It was like the size of a house. It was a whale. That's what it was. Anyway. I love it. I love it. Kathy, you've been awesome. We are so excited you. that you've been here today. Um, you guys, we're going to put our show card up. I want you guys to take a screenshot of this. That will be, we'll have more information in the show notes, but that's how you can mm-hmm. reach her. Um, again, Kathy, uh, keepingithuman.com is her website. Go to Amazon and purchase her book, Stop Boring Me, How to Create Kick-Butt Marketing Content Products and Ideas Through the Power of Improv. Uh, she, it's definitely a good read. It's definitely funny and informative. Remember, it's pot roast and taters, not french fries. Okay. (laughs) And so I really do appreciate that. And for those of you guys who don't know me, I'm going to introduce myself really quick. Guys, my name is Vicki Fitch. I am a direct sales expert. I've been in the industry 20 years, top 10 sales and recruiting internationally for more than a decade. Uh, I've built and sold four companies. I am an author, a speaker, and an international business consultant helping you get outside the 5,000 to turn your passion into your profits. And so I would love to give you guys a free consultation as well. If you guys are interested in leveling up your business or you you know that you're ready for, you know, you're tired of falling off into the ditch. You know, I always say that mentors or, or business consultants are like the bumper guards at the bowling alley, right? There's no need for you to end up in the gutter. I'd love to give you a free consultation. Go to VickiFitch.com, V-I-C-K-I-F is in Frank, I-T-C-H.com uh, forward slash 20. If you want that consult, fill that out. Let me see if I can help you. I, I do 30 minutes to an hour with the prep work to help you guys really to rock that dream. And so I I want you guys to, to utilize that free gift if it's something that you think you'd find value in. And I appreciate you guys coming back. I do live stream every day at 6 p.m. Pacific time on both Facebook Live as well as Periscope, delivering free value to entrepreneurs, uh, anything from sales to social media and anything in between. So come back and check that out. Be here on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. for He Said, Red Said, and typically Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Vicki Fitch Live. Uh, and also remembering that the first Wednesday of the month is Vicki Fitch Live, Evict the Bully in Your Head, um, coming because my new book that's coming out. So guys, you are in a fantastic audience. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I want to remind you, like I always do, to dream it, believe it, and achieve it. Ciao.